great. Well, welcome to the Ridge. Man, I'm so glad to see you here this morning for everybody at Brookstone and for everybody worshiping online. Man, I'm so glad that you are with us also. Man, let me just say, uh, starting off, there are a lot of people that I can see in here. Like I see Lucas, I see Brooke, I see Shannon, I see T. Mabry back there. I'm, I'm freaking, every, oh, I see John's waving his hand in the back. I see you, man. Uh, Everybody, I'm starting to freak people out. They're like, oh my gosh, preacher's calling on names. <laughs> They're going to start sliding down in the chair. Don't call me out, preacher. Um, listen, the only reason I'm saying that is because I see you here, and I'm so glad that you're with me this morning, but I can't see who's worshiping with me online, even though I know that you're there. Uh, do me a favor, um, put in the comment section, just say, hey, Jimmy, and let me know that you're worshiping with us. So just say, hey, Ridge, um, and let us know that you're there. I'm so glad that you're with us. Also, uh, go ahead and pull out the Ridge app today on your phone. Let's go ahead and open those up and let's get that going. You can find on the Ridge app um, as well as online. On the Ridge app, you can find a place to fill out the connect card and leave us some prayer notes and um, all those kinds of things as well as find the message notes for this morning. So go ahead and pull those out, fill out the connect card so that we know that you're with us. And let me start off by just reminding you of a few things, okay? A few great things we got coming up. Man, I love announcements. Here we go. Uh, the one is about Christmas Eve. Now, we're going to do things a little bit different this Christmas Eve. We're going to be meeting outside at 530. We're all praying that it's going to be good weather. Y'all help me pray for good weather, okay? Uh, but we want you to bring your bag chair, a couple blankets, and we're going to be able to social distance as much as possible being outside. And maybe even bring your warm beverage, uh, hot cocoa or Starbucks or whatever. Stop on the way here. Okay, we're going to hand out little bags that will have communion elements in them, and we're also going to have um, uh, little light sticks for our candlelight communion uh, that evening. Instead of passing around um, the light to one another, you'll have your own little glow sticks, and the kids will have glow wristbands. Okay, so we're going to try things a little different this year. We're going to have a lot of fun with this. 5.30, bring your family, it's going to be great. The other thing is that we got a blood drive that's happening on Sunday, January 3rd from 9 until 1.30. We're going to be online only that Sunday, January 3rd, and we're going to ask everybody to help give blood because the hospitals need it. It's a great mission opportunity. Um, plus, I was reminded this morning, Brooke reminded me that you get an antibody test too when you do that. So that's an added bonus for you um, uh, with all of that. So make sure you can find that in the event section of the website and the app to register. One more thing, mission opportunity. We just got through with one. We've got a new one coming up that Melinda's is in charge of um, going to the Anne Elizabeth Shepherd home. And what she wants, she had this great idea of when we're cleaning out our kids' rooms for Christmas toys that we all always do every year, um, as you go through all of those things and you find board games, you find puzzles, you find videos that maybe they've outgrown, grab those, bring them to the church office, and we're going to give those to the Aunt Elizabeth Shepherd home so that they have a few extra things to do. And you know what? Even if you don't find any and you just want to go out and buy some new ones, that would be great too. You can bring them by the office on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, or Thursdays. Okay. A lot of great stuff happening at the church. I love announcements, okay? And I love making announcements, especially when there's something new, like Next Sunday, we're going to have the kids are going to do their video presentation of the nativity this year, which is going to be amazing. That's a cool announcement to make. But I love making announcements. Um, I love announcing things when something exciting is going to happen. I love making announcements for engagements, for uh, babies, the arrival of babies. I remember when Shannon was pregnant with Abby, and we were living in Kentucky. 
And we came down for the Christmas season. We had Savannah wear this little t-shirt that said Big Sister in Training, right? And we just did a tour of all the homes and we let that kind of be the way that we announced um, that Shannon was pregnant. We were expecting another one. Um, I love getting cards in the mail announcing the Christmas season from our Ridge people. I love seeing all your pictures. And I may be a bit biased, but I truly believe that we have the best-looking church in Columbus. I mean, seriously, have you seen some of the Baptist churches? Anyway, I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Don't tell them I said that. But I love seeing those Christmas announcements, right? I love birthday announcements. In fact, um, last week was Shannon's birthday, And I found the perfect card for her, and I'm just going to have to share it with you. I took a picture. Here's the picture of it right here, and it says this. This makes the big birthday announcement. It says, once upon a time, a very special person was born who was destined to change the world. And then you open it up, and it says, calm down. It's not you. It's Jesus, (laughs) which I thought was awesome. And then it says, it also says, but I think that he would want you to have a good birthday. Um, One of the best birthday announcements, though had to be when Savannah was turning 16. When she turned 16, the day of her birthday, she was at a church camp. And so we decided to go and surprise her and make the big announcement to tell everybody that she's turning 16 at the camp. We busted in to breakfast, to the breakfast hall when everybody was eating. But in the back of my mind, I I thought to myself, I was like, you know, it's not just enough that I go in yelling about, say, or singing. I was like, what can I do to really up the ante? Because in the back of my mind, I'm always wondering, what will embarrass my children the most? And so here's what I came up with. I dressed up. And I just put on a bunch of just crazy stuff. I got my slippers on. I got my UGA shorts. I got my pom-poms, red hair, big glasses, megaphone. I don't know. Some, basically, whatever I could find at Party City, you know, the day of. And then the best part, to really take it over the top, was Shannon and I had t-shirts made with Say's picture on it. Look at that. Oh, yes. Imagine me busting into a place with a hundred different people to announce your birthday dressed like that. I really think that I should rent myself out. What do you think? Anyway, I love making announcements. I'm glad you took that image off the screen. Um, The point of all that is, is that the announcement of Christmas was a really big deal. Okay, of all the things that we announce, of all the things that we get excited about and that we want to tell other people, the announcement of what was happening at Christmas, of what we were celebrating, is a really big deal. Think about it. It's an event that took place a long time ago in the the Middle East in a little town that nobody really knew about, and yet it takes over the world 2,000 years later. We still celebrate it. And God knew that what was happening at Christmas was going to be something amazing. And because it was such a big deal, God sends a couple of angels at a couple of different times to make a few different announcements. And what we find is that when God makes this announcement, this birthday announcement, this birth of Jesus, this, this that he is announcing is a really big deal. And it's probably something that we really need to pay attention to. Because he's trying to tell the world what to expect with the arrival of his son. 
Now, honestly, there's a few different announcements that are made in Scripture when it comes to the Christmas story, but I want to look at one in particular, the one that's the most famous, okay? The one that happens to the shepherds, okay? So let's read this together. Luke chapter 2, we're back in Luke chapter 2, the Christmas story, and we're going to read through this announcement together. It says this, this, and I love the way the message paraphrases this, and if you got your message notes open online, you can follow along with me. It says this, there were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep, and suddenly God's angel stood among them. God's glory blazed around them, and they were terrified. And the angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're going to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket lying in a manger. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the highest heights. Peace to all men and on women on earth who please him. Now I love this. The first announcement was a huge celebration. I mean the angel says this. I am here to announce that it's a joyful event meant for everybody worldwide. What, what is it? What, what are we celebrating here? We're celebrating the arrival of a Savior. A Savior has been born. And then once the announcement has taken place, what happens next? What happens next is this huge choir takes over and starts singing. Because that's what you do when you celebrate, right? You, you sing. Like when you celebrate a birthday, there's a song that goes with that. When you celebrate New Year's in a couple of weeks, like there's a song that goes with that. When you celebrate Christmas, there are songs that go with that. This is no different. They are singing songs of celebration. And I know generally what we tend to think of when we think of these angels all standing around singing is that we think of them with halos and singing in, you know, just in lines and having song knolls or something, and they're all singing like, praise God from whom all blessings flow, right? But in my mind, I'm thinking that these guys, I mean, this is a huge celebration. They're partying up in heaven, and they're high-fiving one another. I, I bet a couple of them had these ugly, tacky Jesus is the reason for the season, like sweaters that Gabriel probably handed out right beforehand, and then you always got the one, he's probably got the air horn in the back, just making a ton of noise and just being obnoxious because there's always that one guy but it was a celebration it was a party to welcome God's son the arrival of God himself to the earth so imagine for just a minute this big announcement and then this big celebration just taking place right in front of you right it's crazy to think about And as we think about celebrations, two things, two things real quick before we even get into the message. Two things is number one, I think during this season, we don't always celebrate the right things, do we? We don't always remember to celebrate the right things. You know, I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves, and that's what I want to do this morning. Just I I want to remind us why we celebrate at Christmas, you know, why we do all of this, like why it's a... Why we get so excited. Why we celebrate like we do. We should celebrate him, but, but the problem is, is that we tend to celebrate everything but him, right? I mean, could you imagine, could you imagine having this huge birthday celebration for your best friend, but then not inviting them to come to it? And then you're eating their cake and you're opening his gifts without him even being acknowledged or even being there, right? That's, 
That'd be weird. You know, we, don't be weird during Christmas. And it may shock you to hear, but you know what? God loves a celebration. God loves, God loves when, we, when we party and we celebrate for him. In fact, Scripture says that every time somebody gives their heart to Christ, every time somebody acknowledges who Jesus is and accepts them into their heart, what happens in heaven? It says that a celebration, a party takes place among the angels, celebrating the new life, coming to God. God loves when you celebrate his glory. We have to remember that. The other thing about celebrating is that sometimes during Christmas, we don't always feel like celebrating, do we? You know, as many parties as we generally have during Christmas, this year, let's just be honest, this year's gonna be different. It is, it's just gonna be different across the board. In fact, a lot of people are probably saying there's not a whole lot to celebrate. I don't have a whole lot of reason. In fact, preacher, I just want to make it through the Christmas season. I just want to get out of 2020. I don't really have a whole lot to celebrate anyway. And some of us are feeling kind of bad. And some of us are feeling kind of down. Or, or the other reason we don't really celebrate is because we're just too busy. And we got too much going on. We're too busy buying presents or, or all the planning. And sometimes... We feel like we don't really have the time to really celebrate. And when we do that, sometimes we lose our focus. And because of we lose our focus, then we lose our joy. So here's what I want to do today. I want to talk about that announcement that was made. And I want to talk about the reason why we celebrate. And I want to give you a couple of reasons to celebrate this morning. Because number one, when you remember these things, what I'm hoping is that it will keep you focused on why we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And then the second thing is, is that even if you don't feel like you've got anything to celebrate this season, even if you don't feel like things are going well, if you remember these points, hopefully you'll be reminded that you have every reason, every reason to praise God. No matter what's going on in this world, no matter what's going on in your life, you have every reason to celebrate the God who gave us Jesus. So let's talk about this morning. The reasons we celebrate his birth, point number one is this. Point number one is that God loves us. Very simply, God loves us. Okay, that's one of the reasons we celebrate his birth. Most famous Bible verse of all time, okay? Most of you know this by heart, even if you've never been to church. If you're online this morning and you found us for the first time, chances are you know John 3.16. It's the verse that's always held up at football games on the sign, you know. John 3, you know, I've never really thought about growing up. I never really thought about John 3, 16 being a Christmas verse. But you know, it kind of is. Because what does it do? It, it announces the arrival of God's son. It says this, it says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son. Why did God give us his son? 2,000, over 2,000 years ago. Why? It's because God loved the world. God loved us. Everything that we do this time of year, everything that goes on, everything that takes place, every time we celebrate or sing or we give gifts, it's a reminder of the gift that was given to us of the love that's been shown to us through Jesus Christ. And you know what? When the Bible talks about the love of God, the Bible doesn't just say that God has love. Like, like God's got a lot of extra love to give, so he gave his son. No, no, no. When the Bible describes God's love, it says that God is love. That's who he, that's his character. That's what he's made of. He is made of 
love. So that means that he created the universe, he created the world, he creates humanity, everything that he creates, he creates out of love because that's who he is. And then when we mess up and we just, we screw everything up in life, God fixes it all through his son Jesus because he is love. That's just who he is. And you know what? His love, his love doesn't change for us. No matter what this world may be going through right now, whatever you may be going through right now, his love never changes for you. Even when you're at your worst, even even on those days, and we all have those days when we just don't feel like we deserve any love. His love doesn't change because, you know what, God, when it comes to his love that he has for you, it's not based on who you are. It's not based on what you've done. It's based, his love for you is based on who he is. And again, scripture says very clearly that God is love. Do you know, there are a few things in this world that I'll never be able to understand, that I'll never get my head wrapped around. One is golf. I just, I just can't get it. I mean, I'll never be able to golf. I've tried and tried and tried, and as soon as I feel like I got it, I don't have it. Another thing I don't understand is sushi. And the people that like to eat it, I just don't. I I don't understand Abby's math homework. I gave up at about fourth grade. I'll never be able to understand that. I don't understand how I can spend two hundred dollars at the grocery store, and yet when you get home, your kids say there's nothing to eat. How many of y'all have that happen? Yes. I don't understand how that's possible. I don't understand why preschoolers get to have naps at school, but and that's that's you know that's encouraged, but yet. People over 40 aren't encouraged to take naps at work. Like, I don't understand that. I think that that should be changed. You know, seriously. There are a few things that I don't understand, and one of the things that I'll never be able to understand, and you'll never be able to understand. In the book of Romans, it says you will never get. You will never understand just how, no matter how hard you try, just how much God loves you. He loves you so much. And I know we say it to one another, and love just kind of comes and goes, and we say it, and sometimes those phrases sound empty, but with God, it's real. And in Romans, it says, you you, you can't begin to understand just how deep it really is. So when you get down to it, the first point is a really big thing. It's a really big reason that we celebrate during Christmas is because God loves us. He loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. In fact, When Jesus died on the cross, when he died on the cross, he opened up his arms as if to say, I love you this much. This is how much I love you. So number one, God loves us. Number two, I want you to remember, God is with us, okay? When it comes to celebrating Christmas, we need to be reminded that God came to us. This is so important for us to to understand and remember because, let's be honest, Sometimes we have a hard time feeling God's presence, don't we? We do, especially right now with everything going on around us. Sometimes we don't always feel like God is with us. But let me remind you, let me remind you. His presence, hear me on this. His presence has nothing to do with your feelings. Whether you feel him or not, his presence is with you. In fact, In the birth announcement, there's another big announcement that was made, and it was made to Mary. And when the angel announced the birth of Jesus and his coming, the angel said that he would be called Emmanuel, 
right? Emmanuel, which means God with us. So, you know, it's interesting sometimes how, you know, we have names that mean things and we name our children because it's a family name and this name means this in our family or we nickname our child because we like the meaning that it has. God's no different. When he gave us his son out of love that we just talked about, he named him with special names and one of them was to remind us that God is with us because he knew He knew that we would need help with this. He knew that we would feel alone, that we would feel abandoned. And for some of us, we're feeling that way. And it could be as significant as somebody has passed away this past year. And this Christmas is is a little different and you're feeling a little bit more alone. It could be a separation that's happened in a relationship, in a marriage, and now it's leaving a big hole. Or it could be something as ordinary as you just being, you're just feeling like you're just being left out by someone or a group of people. Whatever it is, whatever it is you're feeling right now as far as being alone, I want you to know that God is with you. That's a promise. And he promises to never leave your side. And guess what? If you don't feel his presence right now, I'm sorry, but it's not his fault. It's yours. Okay, and I'm just gonna be blunt. And I'm just going to be honest right now, but if you're not feeling connected to God, if you're not feeling like you're being plugged into God, it doesn't have anything to do with him. It's all because of you. Because he hasn't gone anywhere. God is with us, and that's a promise. In fact, I would go so far as to say that God hates loneliness. That God doesn't want us to be alone. I mean, we already just talked about the fact that his name means Emmanuel, which means God with us. But also think about the creation narrative. Like, think about the creation story. When God made Adam, and then God made everything else, and he looks down at Adam, and Adam is just there by himself. He, what does he say? God looks at Adam and says, it's not good that you're alone. God's like, I'll create more. And the point of that is not to say whether or not you get married or not. That's not the point of it. The point of this is you need people in your life. But more importantly than that, you need God in your life. Two reasons to celebrate during Christmas. Two things we need to be reminded of. And all the business and everything that tends to just take everything away from, you know, the real reason that we're in this season is because, number one, God loves us. Number two is that God is with us always. The third thing is this is that God is for you. God is for you. Now, this is a big reason to celebrate. I want you to remember as we go through the Christmas season that God is on your side. God wants better things in store. He's got better things in store for you and for your life. We tend to forget that sometimes, especially when things are hard, when we're going through the time that we're going through right now. In fact, in John 3, 16, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? The very next verse, it says, for God did not send him into the world to condemn the world, right? It wasn't to condemn us. But why? He sent his son into the world to save us because he is for us. And that's important to remember because I run into people all the time, and you may be one of these people right now, who just feels like God is out to get them or that God wants to punish them. Or why would God ever be for me? Because look at my life. There are people that are afraid of God. 
And I don't know, you may be worshiping with us online. You may feel like you're afraid of God. You're afraid to come to him. I have found that most of the time, that the reason that people are reluctant to come to God is because they feel guilty, right? Guilt. So it's why we, we, we don't want to be in a relationship with somebody or, you know, we, we tend to stay away from people. It's because we feel guilty because we did something we shouldn't have done. And they don't like me. So I'm going to keep my distance. And, and that's especially true with God. I've done some things. I don't know. God, you know, this whole idea of God, I just want to be separated from him because I don't feel like he could love me. But Jesus wasn't sent to scare us. Jesus was sent to save us. Do you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I have such a problem with some preachers, some pastors who are always preaching about hell but not enough about heaven. Preachers who, are care, who care much more about someone's sin and not enough about God's grace. Churches who are way more concerned with our past failures than they are about talking about God's achievements, God's successes in people's life. You see, the reason I have such a problem with that is because I think we do a good enough job on our own feeling bad and feeling guilty and feeling remorse for the things that we've done. Like, I don't need to be reminded of it because I deal with it every day. What I need to be reminded of is that I serve a God that I'm not scared of, that wants me in his presence, that wants to have a relationship with me because he loves me and he is actually for me. He wants better things in store for me. I don't want to serve a God that I'm scared of. In fact, you know what? When it came to that big announcement that the angels made to the shepherds, what were the first words out of, first words out of their mouth was this, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. In fact, most of the time when you go back and you look at the announcements that God made to people in Scripture, most of the time those were the first words God spoke. Don't be afraid. I don't want you afraid of me. I love you. Right? In fact, I don't know if you know this or not, but there are... 365 different times that it says fear not in Scripture. 365 different fear nots. You know what that means? That is one for every day of 2021. It's almost like God is just trying to get our attention and say, do you get it? Do you get it? Listen, I don't want you to be afraid of me. I want you to know that I'm for you. I want good things in your life. So I'm giving you my son. I'm giving you my love. And those are things to celebrate. And the last thing, last thing is the most important one, is that God has saved us. Number four, God has saved us. When the angels make the announcement, a couple of times, what do they say? They say, a Savior is born. A Savior. Jesus came to save the world. You know, when you think about this story, God doesn't give or God doesn't do anything just because he feels the need to do something, right? Like, I just feel like I got to do something. God, God doesn't just give a gift because he feels like a gift is expected. Have you ever done that? We all know what that's like, right? You go to a party and you're like, oh, 
I forgot to get a gift. Did you get a gift? No, I didn't get a gift. Did you, you know, what, what, what are we going to get? You know, I feel like I got to bring something. So what do you do? You stop by the Walmart on the way there. You get a couple gift cards and you take it. Even though you don't want to, you feel like you have to. Yeah, God doesn't do that. God never just goes through the motions. When he does something, he's got a purpose. He's got a plan. And this, this. Well, this sending Jesus to earth. It was the most important plan because he knew that we needed a savior. It's what we need. And if you and I, if we didn't need a savior, well, he wouldn't have gone through all the effort. He, he wouldn't have done all of this to make it happen. The fact that God sent Jesus means that we really needed him. Whether we realize that or not. Maybe some of you worshiping online this morning, you, you, you haven't... You don't even know how much you need a Savior, but this morning I hope that you do. Why do we need a Savior so bad? I I put these three little blanks in here for you at the end, okay? Here's why we need a Savior. Number one, you need to be saved from sin. Number one, you are saved from sin, okay? I think the biggest thing, of course, the biggest thing we've got to be saved from is our sinful attitude. I say this all the time, but we have a huge sin problem. We always have and we always will. But most of the time, most of the time, the sin that we struggle with the most, and let's just be honest, is our selfishness. We are extremely selfish. Most of the things that cause me problems are because of me, right? It's my own reaction. It's my own fears. It's my own inadequacies. It's my own failures that I deal with. That's what gets in the way. You know, and here's the thing. If there's a big problem in my life, what I have found is most of the time I can't make the change that's needed in my life. I don't have the power to do it. As hard as I try, I can't do it. And what happens is I, sooner or later, I realize that I need a savior. You know, going back to this point, there was a guy in the Bible named Paul. Paul really struggled with this feeling. And Paul wrote this. He said, I've tried everything, okay? I've tried everything in life with the sin problem I have, and nothing helps, and I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? Is there nobody that can help me? I can't help me. I don't know what to do. And Paul is like, listen, I'm at the end of my rope, which means he's probably tried a bunch of things in life, which is what we all do, right? When I'm feeling bad, when I feel like I need saved in a particular area of my life, or when I I need to medicate a problem, what do we do? We try the newest fads. We try the newest programs, right? Or we'll go out and purchase something or we'll go on a big vacation. But guess what? Even after I buy that thing, even if I go to that place and I have a great time, when I return home, when the purchase is done, guess what? I'm still here. I never got rid of me. It didn't really change anything. I'm still dealing with the same thing that I started with. And Paul is to that point, he's like, I'm at the end of my rope. I've tried everything. What it is, isn't that the real question? Who can do anything for me? So then he goes on, he says this, the answer, thank God, the answer, is that Jesus Christ can and does save us, right? He acted to set things right in this life, in my life, of the contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but I'm being pulled by the influences of sin to do other things, right? 
You see, Jesus coming to this earth is this huge reminder that we don't have the answer that we need for the problems that we face for our selfishness and sin. He saves us. He saves us from our sin. He also saves us for another reason. He saves us for his purpose, and that's the second one, is that he saves us for a purpose. 2 Timothy 1.9 says this, he has saved us and he has called us to a holy life. That's our... Uh, called to holiness, not because of anything that we've done, but because of his own purpose. And that's not on here, but it goes on to say, that's not because of anything we've done, but it's because his purpose, his purpose for us in our life. God has saved you for a purpose. And we don't always get that. And we forget that sometimes. Because here's why, especially during this time of year, This world tries to tell us that our fulfillment and everything in life and our purpose is found in all these different things. I need to do whatever makes me happy, whatever that is. And listen, I'm here to tell you, if that's your attitude, no wonder you're not feeling right. Or, Or maybe if you're feeling a little off this season, it's all because you're making it about you and what you want, what you, going back to that selfish, sinful attitude that, plagues us all, right? We will never, as long as that's the most dominant pattern in our life, as long as that's the route we're traveling, we will never find satisfaction. We'll never find fulfillment in life when we're just living for ourselves. That's not how it works. That's not how God made us. God made us, God God saved us, but he saved us for a purpose, not our purpose, but his purpose. We need to find something, and Christmas is a reminder of this, that we have something that's greater than us. And yet somehow, we turn all this around, and we make it about us. And we make it about me. You see, when I get this right, when I understand that I'm supposed to live for God... When I do what I do, whatever it is for God, I have a new purpose in life. When I love my spouse with the same type of love that Jesus Christ has for me, guess what? That saves my marriage and it gives me a new purpose in marriage. You know, when I, when I do something at work, and I'm not just doing it for my boss, but I'm doing it as though I'm doing it for Christ. That gives me a new purpose at work. You see, well, when I try to focus on having the mind of Christ and doing things for him, man, it saves my marriage, it saves my family, it saves my job, it saves my relationships, and it gives me a new and renewed sense of purpose in life. So you know what? God sent his son Jesus to save us from sin, to save us for a purpose, and the last thing, real quick, we are saved by grace. That's the last one. You are saved by grace. That means that everything that God has given you and giving us Jesus, you didn't deserve it. Even on your best day ever, when you feel like you've done everything right, you still, you still don't have any right to stand in front of a holy God. You don't. And Jesus coming to this earth and dying for our sins, it's God's grace given to us that makes everything possible. You know, the best gifts we get are the ones that are given to us that we didn't expect, right? You know, when somebody just drops something off and they're like, oh, I saw this and I thought that you'd like it. Or uh, my favorite are those kinds that y'all bake for me, you know? And you're like, oh, I baked this, I thought you'd like it. 
You know, even though I don't deserve it, even though I wasn't expecting it, you just gave it to me. Those are the best kind of gifts, right? In a way, that's what makes the Christmas announcement so great. Is that out of nowhere comes this king. When we didn't deserve it, and we didn't ask for it, and yet God just gives us this amazing gift which is His grace given to us. That's why we celebrate at Christmas. You know, that's why we give gifts at Christmas is to remind us of the greatest gift that was given to us. So, you know, when it comes to celebrating this Christmas, if you're doing a lot of celebrating this this Christmas, then good for you. I just hope that you remember these points that we went through so that you remember the real reason that we celebrate. Don't, don't get lost in the shuffle. But remind yourself of it. And you know what? On the other side of thing, when it comes to celebrating, if you don't feel like there's anything worth celebrating this Christmas, I think that if we'll just stop, and we'll be reminded of the announcement of Christmas, and what that means for us, that, that, that God loves us, that God is with us, that he is for us, and that he has saved us, then I think, I think we will find every reason we need to celebrate, even in 2020. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the announcement that was made 2,000 years ago to those shepherds on that hillside. God, we thank you. We thank you that you loved us enough to send us your son. God, you promised to be with us no matter where we are, no matter where we go, no matter what we do, that you are for us, that you have a a good plan in mind for our future. And most of all, God, that you have saved us from our sin. God, and as if that wasn't enough, you save us from our sin, and yet you save us for a purpose, that you have great things in store for our life. God, with so much going on around us, sometimes, sometimes it can be really hard to focus on the main reason for the season. Honestly. There is so much to distract us. With the good things that are going on, but also with the negative, negative stuff all around us. God, and just speaking of all the negatives, there are some that might just feel that there is no reason to celebrate in 2020. But Jesus, when we remember the big announcement that was made, when we are reminded of what that means for us, God, it helps us stay focused. And he gives us every reason that we could ever wish for to celebrate. So God, we love you. And we promise in this season to join in on the party that glorifies your son. It's in your holy name we pray these things. Amen. And amen. Hey guys, my name is Bethany and I wanted to invite you to our next women's conference, February 19th and 20th at St. Paul. We're really excited about our theme this year, Connect. We are ready to reconnect with one another after such a long time apart. We're going to hear a great word from Holly Burdick at Elevation Church and then also we'll participate in small group discussion. Because of COVID, we're taking some precautions because your health is very important to us. 
We're not gonna be spending the night this year, but that's okay. It's gonna make things a lot less expensive. It's only $25 and that includes your swag bag, which has your study materials, your t-shirt. It also is going to include a catered lunch from Chicken Salad Chick on Saturday. Don't forget our dessert bar, which we'll have Friday and Saturday as well. We're so excited for you to join us. Registration starts today. We'll see you then. That was such a great service, you guys. Also, go ahead and check out the study guide questions at the end of the message notes. You can do that on your own or with some family members. Also, I have some announcements for you guys today. A big thank you again to everyone who helped participate in this year's Christmas project. Nearly 60 families contributed to this amazing cause. It was just such a great way to start the Christmas season. We'll also be having a Christmas Eve service outside at 5.30 in the Brookstone Courtyard. So bring a bag chair and get ready for carols and communion. It's going to be so much fun. We're also going to be streaming it online. And since we're talking about Christmas, Mr. Nathan and Miss Afton are preparing a nativity video for our Ridge Runners this year. If you'd like your child to be involved, please email Nathan at Nathan at theridgecolumbus.com. And finally, there's going to be a blood drive January 3rd at the Turner YMCA. This is the Ridge first year hosting a blood drive. So again, that's going to be on Sunday, January 3rd from 9 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. We'll also be worshiping online that Sunday so everybody has a chance to give. And the registration link is found on the events tab of our website. And we actually have another great mission opportunity for your family. We'd like for you to donate a few items for the foster girls at Anne Elizabeth Shepherd's home. Christmas is usually a time when you clean out the kids room to get ready to bring in all the new toys from Santa. So if you run across any board games or puzzles or movies, we want them. You can drop them off at the office from now until January 6th on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And we'd like to know who all is worshiping with us, so please don't forget to fill out that connect card. You can leave a prayer request on there as well. We want to know how we can be praying for you. Also, thank you so much for giving. There's a link on the app for the tithes and offerings as well. Y'all are such a generous church. And if you have any questions about the online community or the service, you can email me and let me know at say at theridgecolumbus.com. Thank you so much for joining us again this Sunday, and I'll see you guys next week.